Driver off the first, you hit it OB. So it's back to the box, hitting three off the tee. Skull wedge to the front of the green, then three putt. I think it's time for a drink. Grab a beer and some friends. We'll go till we reach the 19th hole at the end. Keep it rolling till the sun goes down. Everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Friars Golf Podcast. Uh, Scott Alfin here with my um, counterpart, Matt Lawless. What's up, Matt? Not too much. How's it going, everybody? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, we were just talking offline before we started recording, but the weather is breaking. Uh, we can sense spring in the air. Uh, we're probably what 45 days or less to the masters. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic around the Charlotte area. Yeah. I mean, you can't, can't, can't really believe it. I, of course, last week I was looking, I was like last, last couple of rounds I played been pretty chill in the chilly in the morning. So I, I tried to find a couple of extra pairs of golf pants and online and a couple of them arrived this week. And I think it's going to be time to put pants away and, and get back to short season. So, um, I should I should have ordered some pants earlier in the season, and hopefully it would turn the turn the weather better better for us. But uh, we'll take it and 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 look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm actually uh, headed out this afternoon with uh, a group of guys from my club here in the Charlotte area, and then uh, there's a there's a few friars in that group. So so we'll have uh, I think myself and. I think it might be two or three other friars joining this afternoon, but we'll have two two groups of guys, a little uh little little game going on. Sometimes we'll do, you know, two two low net, uh, and then and then in, in inside those smaller groups we'll do a game something like left right. H- have you ever played left right? Yeah, the first time I I played played that game was with you at home or last fall, and I've I've been able to kind of introduce it to some other people. I I never played it before that and I mean, it's great, especially if you've got like an odd number of three people. You're kind of switching up partners every other hole or so, and and, and can still have have some fun like an individual game as well. So yeah, I mean that's 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 a blast. I mean, and, and Cabarrus is a really good club for that. Yeah, it's 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 a fun little game, and I, there, there's one game that I'm I'm not a big fan of that a bunch of these guys play. It's called Banker. Have Have you ever done? That? Have you ever played Banker? No, I mean as a as as someone in the industry, I I, I try to stay away from from those guys, but. <laughs> You know, so so bankers are interesting. Where every hole was a new bet, so every hole there's a there's a new banker, and and uh, that banker sets the maximum bet for that hole, and everybody can decide to take the action or not take the action. It just depends on how you feel. Um, it it can get rather uh, rather ugly after about 10, 12 holes when when you're trying to figure a way to get yourself back even. So it's fun too. Yeah, that's that's one. It seems like you get could get uh, expensive in a hurry, but uh, might have to try that one next time out. Yeah, yeah. I uh, saw so, so, uh, just you know to talk about a couple of Friars things. I did see we put out a uh, some some new technology. The Friars put out a new app and a new uh, kind of uh, platform uh, database with Blue Golf. That looks pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I'm, I'm going to take a, take a, take a look at it. Um, really excited about some of the other announcements with like thousands green and having kind of a new platform to be able to look around and see where our fellow friars live and where mm. they play. Um, might have to look at 
here locally in Charlotte. I mean, seeing how many we've got here, we maybe try to do something, something monthly, get everybody together and do something like that. You guys have quite a few there in uh, at Cabarrus, but I'll have to pull in some other guys from from around the city and maybe get some get some monthly games going. So yeah, yeah the tech sure. technology goes a long way in helping with that. Good, good. Well, uh, let's let's jump right into it, Matt. Let's uh, let's kind of tee up our guest uh, for today. Uh, we're very excited and uh, fortunate to have uh, Haley Ostrom, who is uh, a uh, you know I shouldn't say she's an influencer. I think she's trying to get away from titling herself as an influencer, but she's a professional female golfer. She's involved in all types of different media um, platforms. Uh, very active on social media. She was on um, uh, Shot Makers on the Golf Channel back in 2018. So if people don't know who she is, you can take a look at that. But let's take a quick break, Matt. Uh, let's dial in Haley and, and have a conversation with her. Sounds good. All right. We'll be back soon. Our official sponsor, Forecraft Cocktails, features golf-inspired, ready-to-drink beverages, including the Transfusion, which blends premium vodka, ginger ale, grape juice, and a squeeze of lime. Don't waste your time at the turn or the beverage cart waiting for someone to mix your drink. Speed things up with these grab-and-go transfusion cans, perfect for an emergency nine or your next Friars golf trip. Forecraft also has several other cocktails on the way, including a Bloody Mary, Ranch Water, and Tea which is their version of a vodka lemonade tea. Forecraft cocktails feature real spirits, gluten-free, and all-natural ingredients. Please go to Forecraft Cocktails to see the store locator or follow them on Instagram at Forecraft Cocktails. Sip, swing, four. As always, you must be 21 or older to purchase, and please drink responsibly. Friars Golf Podcast, uh, another episode. This is Scott Alflin with my partner in crime, Matt Lawless. What's up, Matt? Not too much. How's, how's everyone doing? Good, good. Uh, and we are uh, very excited with our guest today. Uh, we talked a little bit on the intro about who was joining, um, but we're very excited and fortunate to have Haley Austin join us today. Welcome to the show, Haley. Thank you. Thanks for ha- having me. Yeah, we're we're thrilled to have you. Where uh, where are you located today? Maybe give us a, a, a location where you're recording from today. I am at home in Scottsdale, Arizona. It is, I think, like 87 degrees today. So I have the perks of the warm weather here. I know most of the country is in the cold right now. Yeah, yeah. I I, I would love to be uh, out, out in the neck of the woods right now. I, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and so is Matt. And we're very fortunate today. It's supposed to be 75 here today. Um, wow, okay. <laughs> so we are thrilled. I'm, I'm actually headed out uh, this afternoon to play a quick 18 with some other friars. Uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled to get out on March, uh, in early March, for a round of golf here. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So let's let's jump right into uh, to, 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 to about you. I mean, that's that's why you're here is we want to hear all about you. So, uh, you know, one of the first questions we always ask our guest is, you know, tell us how you got into golf. You know, how young were you? 
Uh, were there other sports besides golf that maybe uh, could have been your, you know, your avenue to, you know, going to college and playing sports or professional? You know, you know, just let us know about how you got into golf. Yeah, so I started playing golf when I was really young. Basically, like most female golfers, my dad got me into the game. And I started playing basically as soon as I could walk. My dad had a putter that he cut off so that it was this miniature tiny little putter. And he would take me out in the afternoons when he played nine holes and he would just drop a ball on the edge of the green, let me kind of mess around, do whatever I wanted to do. He'd finish the hole and then we'd go to the next hole. So he didn't let me really get into the long game of golf until I was older. And I think that has, that was great for my, my short game. I think that kind of started the foundation of my game. Um, and then I started playing in tournaments when I was nine through Koja, which is Oregon Junior Golf Association. I grew up in Bend, Oregon and played every sport there was to play. I loved soccer. That was like my main sport, kind of like every little kid. And um, golf was just kind of something that I was good at and I didn't need to practice a whole lot. So it was something that I did in the summer, but didn't really fall in love with it until later, honestly, until I was high school or even college was when I really decided for myself that I was going to dedicate more time, you know, more time outside of our, our two hour practices and try to improve my game, um, for, the future of my my game and my career to come yeah that's that that sounds that sounds uh you know you know i've heard that uh, that, that kind of path quite a few times you know with, with with someone's father doing the same types of things i have a i'm, I'm a i'm a father as well and i have a, a young son and i've done that myself and he's he loves golf but he started the trend towards basketball so i'm hoping golf is you know golf is one of those things that will stick with him forever right so he, he can come back to it yeah and, and pick it up again in the future yeah i mean golf i try to to tell everybody golf is something you're going to be able to play for your entire life you know my grandpa was playing until he was 90 my grandma's 85 she still goes out every week and plays with her friends it's just one of those sports that you can play your whole life so whether you're going to make it a career or not, it's something you should definitely take up and and try to improve at. Yeah. So 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 tell us a little bit about uh, you know growing up in Bend, Oregon, and uh, I guess that I would call that the Pacific Northwest. I've only traveled there. I've traveled yeah. all over the place, but only one time I've I've ever been to the Pacific Northwest on pleasure, but I've never played golf. You know, tell us. Tell us a little bit about golfing in that in that area and maybe some of your favorite courses up in the Pacific Northwest. Well, Bend is, you're correct, it is Pacific Northwest. It's Bend is Central Oregon. And growing up in Bend playing golf, it's um, one of those places where the golf season should really be in the fall, but it's in the spring. And we get a lot of snow in Bend. So growing up, you know, getting into high school and playing spring golf 
a lot of times you're playing golf while it's snowing on you or there's still snow on the ground in areas and you just you're used to that so basically every photo of me in high school playing golf i am wearing full-blown wind gear you know winter gloves like just trying to grip a golf club but bend has so many hidden gems and it's much more popular now than it used to be, but it really is a little mecca for golf. You know, you think of Arizona and Florida as being like the golf hubs, but Bend has so many of the best courses, I think, in the U.S. We have Crosswater. All three is amazing, but Crosswater is the most prestigious one. And then, you know, Pronghorn and Tethero, like all these great courses um, so I was really, really lucky to grow up with that. And I don't think I even realized how lucky I was until I left. And then I started realizing, oh, okay, most courses aren't like that. You know, most courses don't look that good all year round or at least in the season, you know. So um, I am actually doing a golf trip coming up. I recently just got hired to do this golf trip to go to Bend and do a full like tour of the courses and of course all the great things that come with Bend the breweries and all of that the, the great food so it's kind of fun I get to go back home and showcase courses that I grew up playing uh, I would say my favorite has always been Crosswater out in Sun River it's about 20 minutes outside of Bend, but it is the best course in my opinion. It's was my favorite up until just this last year, but it's, it can be pushed back to make it like a really long, you know, championship style course, or it can, you know, you can make it as short as you want to make it, but it's super challenging. It's got the tall fescue grass. It takes a really a smart player, I guess you kind of have to plan out your shots a little bit more. And for me, I think that is such a great course in golf. I think that is a championship course because anyone can go out there and hit the shots. But if you're not able to dial it back when you need to dial it back, then I don't think you're the best golfer. Well, so, Matt, 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 that takes me out of the equation. I mean, I like to think I'm smart, but I mean, come on, let's be realistic here. That's uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll kind of jump in here. Um, I don't know, Haley. Have you made it down to Bandon yet, as a as an Oregonian? I guess I have not made it to Bandon. Can you believe it? That's I... so. Like, I, I'm a I'm a native West Virginian. If you can't tell by my by my voice, but I've I've spent all my life on the East Coast. But if I could uproot my life, I would move to to Oregon somewhere in the that Bend Bend Bandon somewhere between those two. Um, had the great opportunity with the Friars last year. Uh, we had a, a abandoned trip. It's my second time there. Uh, they started with a pre-trip. They had a, a fun party bus of people that started in Bend. Uh, they did Pronghorn and Tethro. We might have to have them um, play the, the one that you mentioned on the next time we go out there. But I actually flew into Eugene and was able to play Eugene Country Club whenever we Ooh. landed there. Yeah, that was that that immediately like shot up uh, shot up. Yeah, after flying from East Coast to West Coast uh, and then getting out and playing that. And I was used to, I mean, Bandon's wide open. It's link-style golf. There's no trees. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure 
Tethero and, and Pronghorn are kind of similar. And then you stand there on the first tee at the Oregon uh, at, at Eugene Country Club, and there's these massive 150 foot tall redwoods that look like you're getting ready to go down a bowling alley. It just hit yeah. it between the, between the massive trees. And it's just uh, that was a, that was a tough assignment. I, I did did play very well, but uh, that was easily. I mean, I, that's a that's a type of golf course you play every day of your life and, and not get tired of it. Uh, I know that I just saw that the, the Oregon women's golf team just put a new facility there and yeah. just, just looks absolutely incredible. But yeah, Oregon's Oregon's my, one of my favorite places in the, in the world. It's just, it's quirky and weird and just awesome. Right? I think that's kind of the easiest way to kind of yeah. explain it. Yeah. So picture 16 year old me going, making it to the state championship and having to play Eugene country club and just being like wide eyed, like, Oh my gosh, this course is going to eat me alive. And it in fact did. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you, if you're not accurate off the tee, you're going to be punching out against it. It's one thing I mean, Scott, you and I, we play in the, in the Carolina and the pines and the pines can be thick, but I mean, at, at most you're getting a, a tree that's a foot and a half wide, two feet, something like that. You can you can usually make it around, but when a, a tree is six feet in diameter at the base of it, um, it, it really severely limits your options. And then I know the NCAA's played their championship there a few years ago, and we watch it, and it's one of those things. I mean, it's it's a lot of courses this way. You don't really get the nuances, but um, even like the, the back nine, I just remember there's so many fairways. You're like, oh, this looks nice and flat, and you get out there, and there's all these little tiny little undulations in the middle that you could have a a 45 degree angle side hill lie in the in the middle of the fairway. And it's just, uh, yeah, it was it was just it was just awesome. I, I could I could play there every day. Yeah, I agree. It's a it's a beautiful course, but it'll. It'll take your money and all your golf balls. <laughs> I I would believe that. Yeah, I definitely definitely need to get down to to Bannon as as soon as you can. Um, it's just it's it, it's Disney World for golfers. I mean, everyone everyone kind of talks about it, and you see so much hype about it on on Instagram and 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 on Twitter, and everyone everyone loves Bannon. It's it's one of those few pe- few places I feel like in golf that truly live up to uh, the hype that it receives. Um, so yeah, that's. That, that place is, is is my happy place. Trust me, at this point, I want to go out there just so that I can say, yes, I've been there. Because as soon as I tell people I'm from Oregon, it's the first thing they say is, oh, Bandon Dunes. How do you like Bandon Dunes? And I'm like, oh, actually, I've never gone. And then it's the biggest shock of the world. You would yeah. think that I just told them, you know, the sky is falling down. But, uh, yeah, I need to go out there and play. They've actually sent me dms on instagram like inviting me out like hey we'd love to host you if you want to come out and i just you know when i go home now i go see my family and it it's not that it's just right next door you know it's a three-hour drive to the coast or however far it is so i just need to make the effort and plan a trip to actually just go to bandon maybe take my dad out there but yeah haven't done it yet yeah, yeah, Scott. I mean, I don't, I don't know how that feels. That kind of goes into a, another question. We we had the opportunity to to talk to Hallie Ledbetter uh, recently, and we were kind of picking her brain. I mean, she she works in the the golf industry as well, and it's just one of those things we were asking her about when you travel for for vacation and and do you want to take golf trips? When I'm sure it's probably similar for you. Um, when you've got some downtime, are are you really wanting to go out and and take your vacations at golf? courses and, and destinations like that or do you are you kind of at the point now where you want to take a break from from golf when you take some some personal time 
So that's funny that you ask that. So up until I would say this, this just this year, I was full blown like tournament golf playing. So I was doing the social media stuff on top of playing full time. And I will tell you in short, absolutely not. I don't want to go golf when I finally have a break, but now it's a little bit different where I'm not playing full blown on a tour. I'm not competing. I'm not practicing every day for eight hours. So when I do have more breaks, if I'm going somewhere cool, I'm like, oh man, I wish I, I brought my clubs. I want to go play that course or, or whatever. It's, it's more of a fun thing for me now where when I was like full on competing, it was like, no, if I'm going on vacation, I want a break. I want to be sitting at the pool. I want to go on a hike. Like I want to do anything besides play golf, but it's changed a little bit for me now recently. What is, uh, Haley, what, what type of golf course would be, uh, like your, like, like your ideal course? Are you more of a, like a links player? Do you like, like the country club feel, you know, around the Carolinas where we are, it's, you know, we've got a lot of Bermuda. So it's a lot of Donald mm-hmm. Ross courses where, where the, where the greens are right next to it, to the next tee box and everything's kind of tight. You know, what, what is your preference on golf course? Um, definitely would say not Bermuda. I, I am not a fan of Bermuda. Obviously I didn't grow up with Bermuda being in Oregon. We have, it's like all bent grass pretty much. So Definitely not a fan of Bermuda. I've had to, being in Arizona, I've had to learn how to handle that a lot of the times, especially with your wedges and and on the greens as well, you know, um, learning like how to read grain. That was never a thing that I grew up doing. I didn't even know that was a thing that existed yeah. until college when I started traveling. Um, I would say, you know, all, Arnold Palmer courses – those are, have always been one of my favorites. I love when there's a lot of water on the course. I like tree-lined courses because I think both of those, they play to my advantage. I am very accurate off the tee. So for me, if it's going to be tree-lined and there's a lot of water and you have to be more strategic, for me, that's going to play to my advantage. And it's obviously a lot harder for people who aren't as accurate. So (laughs) I love that because it's great for me. Um, That's just my little selfishness in me though. Like help me out and then maybe hurt them a little bit. Hurt my playing opponents. Um, But I just, I like, obviously I'm, I'm just somebody now, especially I like pretty courses. So I want a course that has a lot of bunkers, that has a lot of water, has a lot of trees, give you more things to look at because I'm somebody when I'm playing, especially when I'm walking a course, I want to be in this like quiet mindset, peaceful mindset. So I'm looking around at everything, looking at the the animals that are on the course, like really taking in how pretty it is. And it's becomes more of a peaceful thing for me. So that's also why I do love, you know, cross water and bend. It has a lot of water. It has a lot of bunkers. It's it's tree-lined. It's just a beautiful overall course, but of course it's really hard too. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. So I, I saw something on, uh, I think, what was it, YouTube or something. I think you were down at Pine Needles here in the Carolinas back in the fall maybe for like mm-hmm. a, an event or something. Maybe you played somebody for like a, a fun match. Yeah. And, and, and Pine Needles, 
if, if someone has never been to Pinehurst before and they go to either the resort or they go to Pine Needles, and that's aesthetically not what people are typically looking for, but it's a special kind of feel. You know, what, what do you think about like that Pine Needles look? It's, it's kind of unique. Yeah. So I had never been before and um, it was, it was so cool though. Like I love seeing new places and new courses and new types of courses that I've never seen before. And that was definitely different. Um, I don't even know those trees that are there, but those they're like, I don't even want to say a tree because I'm probably so far off, but they make me think of like willow trees. Um, it's like, a, like it's, the like moss. A, it's like a mossy oak. Yeah. Yeah. Like the moss hanging down. Yeah. So anyway, that I just thought it was so beautiful and so, I mean, the course was in amazing shape. It was so much fun. I played like garbage because I had no idea, you know, that was another course where you kind of have to, to know where you're going and know where to land the ball. And I had absolutely no idea. I was just hitting the, the ball and hoping that it was in the right spot. So I played awful, but it was so fun. So beautiful. I cannot wait to go back. Were you, were you able to play uh, in, in, in any, other, any other courses around Pinehurst while, while you were in town? No, that was actually the only one. We were only there for one night, and we basically flew in the night before, drove over there to play, like drove two hours to play, drove yeah. back, and I flew out that night. So yeah. it, was, it was a long trip for a short amount of time. <laughs> Did I see you were playing with George Bryan there? Yeah, and Josh Kelly. Okay. I um I made a trip last spring about this time over to Aiken, South Carolina, where where George yeah. and, and Wesley grew up and it had had a blast. I mean the Aiken Golf Club where they play primarily and, and I know George is out there a lot practicing and stuff like that. It's just a, an incredible like old school golf course. Um I, I kind of felt kind of felt bad for him and there's a the starter there, he's a, he's an older gentleman and um anytime he saw any younger people come up to the first tee, they'd be like, Oh, are you guys on YouTube's? Like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've been on the YouTubes before. And he's like, oh, you ever heard of George Bryan or, and the Bryan brothers? And he's like, oh, yeah, we all kind of say yes. We, we we know who they are. And he'd point over to, to George on the other side of the, the practice facility, sitting there putting, doing those things. And he'd be like, George, we've got some friends for you over here. And it just, I just, I'm sure just all day long, anyone that looks like they're they're under the age of 40 just kind of gets shuffled over to George. But he's just, just yeah. the nicest, nicest guy ever. He's sitting there um practicing but um yeah he's he's he seems like a really good guy and and great great golfer as well yeah that just sounds like such a stereotypical like southern story like oh (laughs) you guys you guys like golf oh you gotta meet my friend george over here like this is so cute that's exactly what you think of right the southern hospitality sorry go ahead yeah, and George was—I mean, he was—he was—he was gracious, and we kind of uh, stopped by after we finished up in the 18th green, and he was—he was still sitting there, kind of hanging out, and uh, yeah, he—he he kind of confirmed, yeah, he—he's—he's he's used to that story every every now every uh, basically every day that he, he kind of gets that treatment out there, but uh, he takes it in stride. Yeah, he's so nice, and he—I can confirm—he is a phenomenal golfer. That day that we played, 
it was unreal. It was actually annoying because he just did not miss a putt. He literally made everything. I had never seen somebody make so many putts before. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. I basically was out of the game within the first few holes because I was playing like trash. He was playing so great. I'm like, okay, I'm over this. Wow. Yeah. That's in uh, and pine needles. I mean, that's in those, those greens are very similar than what he's, he's used to on play used to playing on in, in Aiken, but, um, Actually, I mean, I'm sure you know that the, the U.S. Women's Open is there this summer. Uh, I actually I, I signed up to volunteer for it earlier this year. I figured if, if the, the U.S. U.S. Women's Open is in our backyard, I was like, I'd, I'd love to get out there volunteer and and be able to kind of see some some good players play a great golf course. And so I, I got assigned to to work as a standard bear. So I'm going to be between the ropes, carrying the sign with the scores, and, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's early first weekend in June. Uh, so I'm hoping it's not unbearably hot there because it's it's not an easy walk, but but really looking forward to kind of seeing what good players do around, especially around those greens like you mentioned on the the tight Bermuda lies that we get down here. Mm-hmm. Um, even I mean Scott and I play regularly on the on those types of surfaces and just stumped by it uh, pretty regularly. So I'm I'm really looking forward to hopefully learning something while I'm out there just just enjoying it. But look yeah. forward to to watching them play uh, play there. Absolutely. Haley, uh, I could kind of hear a little bit of Southern in your in your voice. I'm I'm not sure why, but after you you made that <laughs> after you said that comment, I was thinking she has a little bit of Southern in there somewhere. You okay, know. I have been told this pretty much my entire life, especially when I started playing in college and we were traveling around and playing girls from all over the country. I have lived in Oregon my entire life until I moved to Arizona. So. I don't know where the southernness comes from, but I have honestly been told that my whole life. It used to annoy me when I was younger because although I've always loved country music, I was like, I am not from the south. I don't know why. I don't have an accent. But And then whenever I say accent, people are like, yeah, see, you have an accent. That accent sounds like an accent. So I don't know. I it, might, it, it might be coming out because you're talking to, to, to the two of us. Yeah, right. I just you know. I, I adapt. I'm a chameleon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hey, let's let's pivot real quick to a question that I want I want to uh, ask you about. Um, and I think I think this word gets overused and you, you probably will agree with me, I'm sure. But the word influencer is overused. And um, I'm assuming that you possibly consider yourself an influencer, but you've got some other things going on in your life as well, you know, for business and and how you're growing, like, you know, what, what do you consider yourself, you know, off the golf course and what do you, what do you got going on for the future? Yeah. So the word influencer, I totally agree. It has a negative connotation to it because of, you know, I don't even know why it doesn't matter why, but it, it gets, it has a negative meaning. Right. And So for me, when I was transitioning out of playing full-time into being a social media influencer full-time, it was almost like I was kind of embarrassed to say that as my career. When people would ask, I would still say a professional golfer. And wow, that's still true. I am still a professional golfer. It, you know, I'm a social media influencer first at this point and Um, so it was like kind of hard to say that. And now I've just accepted it and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to own it because that's what I'm doing. I'm making money doing it. I should be proud of it, whatever. Um, 
but I would say that I kind of say like media personality because a lot of things that I'm doing is not just influencing. I'm not just selling brands, you know, I'm not just promoting other stuff. I'm promoting my own brand and I'm doing, you know, commercial stuff, which would technically be in the category of modeling, but I hate saying modeling, so I won't say that. So I say media personality. It just kind of ties everything in. You know, I have a, a couple opportunities right now with TV show stuff, which would for sure be a media personality label. Um, and, and then, of course, the social, social media side as well. Yeah, I, I, I like to use a couple words I like to use are uh, in, uh, entrepreneur because because you certainly are an entrepreneur because you, you're trying to go, you know, grow your brand and drive, you know, drive business and make money. But you're also like a capitalist, like, you know, take take advantage of what the opportunities are. It's, it's all good, you know. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what I've created on social media is my business, you know, it's my own brand. So when I talk to people, you know, about, about postings and stuff, it's like, well, this is my, this is my business. This, I treat it like a business. It is 100% real. It's 100% me. I'm very open and honest on my page, which I think has led to the success of it because it's, I think people can see that it's very real, but it's still my business. I'm going to be more aware of what I'm posting than if I was just doing this for some friends of mine and I could post whatever I want. I make sure not to get very political on anything. I am very aware of, you know, cussing or using bad language or even showing alcohol up until I, I accepted a partnership with Michelob Ultra. I had never posted any alcohol on my page. So, and that was just something I had decided I wanted to do. And then, you know, I, I changed my mind on that. So, yeah, so, it's, it's so, so, you know, you, you brought up Michelob Ultra. What let's, you know, since, since you're generous enough to join us for this podcast, like, you know, plug some of your folks you're working with, you know, wh who are some of your brands that, that you work with? Yeah. So Michelob Ultras obviously is one of mine. Lifted Trucks is probably the most recognized, like the most popular one on my page right now because I post my truck all the time and people just, they think that's the coolest thing ever, which I don't disagree. I was stoked on that partnership. Um, Blue Tees, Range Finders. I've been with them since kind of the beginning of their business, which was really exciting. And then I, gosh, I, oh, uh, Bet Online. Okay. And don't want to miss anybody. I think that's, that's everybody right now. I just had a, a few of my partnerships. The contracts were up this last month. So Okay. Um, I'm in talk still with No Sweat. No Sweat has been a partner of mine for the last two years. And yeah, I think that's everybody right now. I, I have good relationships, though, with a lot of companies. You know, I work with Ping closely. Like, they provide me my clubs. And although we don't have a partnership, a you know, we're not under any contract, I, I'm close with them and... You know MGM and Marriott partners like that. So great, good, good. So here I'm going to pivot again, but I'm looking at my notes here because I, I did do a little research. But 
Tell me, where is George Fox College? Where is that? George Fox University is in Newburgh, Oregon, which is just about 30 minutes outside of Portland. Small Christian school. Um, it was not even on my list of schools that I was looking at when I had started looking. I wanted to leave Oregon. I wanted to go. I always said, I want to go where the palm trees are. Wherever there's palm trees, I want to go there because I loved the warm weather and I love the palm trees and, you know, all that comes with that. So we did, my family and I, we did a full trip one summer, the summer before my senior year, I believe. Um, and we went and, and saw like 10 colleges in California. We drove up and down California and nothing really fit, like just didn't feel right. wasn't the right fit. There was always something that was off. And I was like, uh, so discouraged. I, we got back home and I remember talking to my dad and I'm like, I don't know, maybe I should just go to Oregon. You know, I love, I love the ducks. I just, I won't play golf. I'll just go to Oregon. I'm not good enough to make the team. So maybe that's my route. And he was like, no, you're meant to play golf. We're going to figure this out. And he had heard about George Fox. We had a friend that had gone there, a family friend, and they had a good golf program. He was looking at their schedule. I had like two requirements, I think. And it was, if I was playing golf, it had to have a traveling schedule. And the, the school had to have a baseball team. <laughs> I loved baseball. And I was convinced that that was going to be like, I'm going to find my future husband on the baseball field. Um, spoiler alert, I did not. But um, yeah, so those were my two requirements. And they, they did have, they, George Fox always has a great traveling schedule. And they're nationally ranked in women's golf. So the school provides you know, a lot of traveling funds and the schedule, we got to go to Arizona, Illinois, uh, Indiana, Florida, California, like all these places, it looked like a D1 schedule. Yeah, it which, sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like yeah it. it's so appealing. So when I, I started talking to their coach and she was great and it's a D3 school, so they technically can't give athletic scholarships, but it's I think that's the dumbest rule ever because all the schools find a way around it so they give you all these random grants and you get your school paid for one way or another so I was given an offer and um at first my dad was like no that's it's not enough we just can't afford it and they came back like the next day and gave a higher offer and it was like okay cool now I, I we can do that I can go there so Ended up going to George Fox. Love the the golf coach, MJ McCloskey. She is still, you know, one of my mentors today. She is such a huge part of my success that I've had. And I was not good enough to make the team my freshman year. I was always the alternate girl. And then I just decided I didn't want to be that sixth girl anymore. I I was sick of being outside the team. I wanted to make a difference on the team. So I worked really hard. And the my sophomore year, my first qualifying, I ended up qualifying for the first spot. So I worked really hard my the summer going into sophomore season. And, and then I kind of found my spot from there. I was always like number two or number three on the team and got to travel the rest of my college career. 
That's that's awesome. I and mean, were there any I mean kind of like tournaments or, or locations that kind of jumped out? I mean, during your college career that you were like, yeah, this is this is this is the one in the season I'm really looking forward to or look forward to getting back. Arizona was always the one that I we loved that tournament. It was always right after my birthday. It was in February. So coming to Arizona in February is like the best time of the year. It wasn't too hot. And it's kind of funny because we were in Peoria, which Peoria, the, the course we were at, uh, Westbrook, it's like a retirement center. So Peoria is not a big, big town. It's not anywhere that most people come to visit, but that's where our tournament was. And that is the only part of Arizona I had ever seen. And in my mind, I'm like, this is amazing. And it's all retirement, but you know, the, the volunteers out there are always retired people and they're all so nice. But to me, I'm like, this is the best place ever. I want to move here. And that is what led me to move to Scottsdale, even though I had never technically been to Scottsdale. I was like, oh, sure. That sounds good. If it's anything like Peoria, I'll love it. And it was yeah, the best yeah. tournament every year too. The, the people were amazing. Sounds like a slightly milder version of the waste management open, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I could see that being a, a massive appeal. Uh, wanting to get and out being, of the, the cold weather and, and get down to Arizona that time of year. It sounds awesome. Hey, hey yeah. Matt, Matt, be careful. It's, it's the WM. It's not the waste management anymore. It's a WM. You can't use the waste management any longer. Yeah. That's a, uh, that, that'll take a while. It's yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, they'll, they'll always be the, the Phoenix company, open. But... You can always yeah. do the Phoenix open. Exactly. Hey, hey, Haley, I know we're getting close to, uh, you know, our committed time. We appreciate you joining us. I, I want to wrap on maybe one one little question, one little piece of this. We, we always try to ask people, uh, well, I guess not ask, but I, I say uh, some various words or phrases and then just get your response, you know, to, to that word or that phrase and just, you like that gets us a, a little bit more knowledgeable about you and it's a little bit of fun too. So, okay. Uh, nothing crazy, but just, just to see how you respond to it. So the first one will be uh 19th hole. So, you know, 19th hole, <laughs> if, if, if you're not playing a competitive round, you know, what are you, what are you ordering? What are you going to sip on when you're done? A Michelob Ultra, of course. Um... <laughs> of course. You teed <laughs> that course. one up for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. A Michelob Ultra, of course. I, I should have known that. Um, <laughs> what, what about uh, on you know at a turn shack? So say let's you know we, we we're we're pretty fortunate that we've gotten to play a lot of cool courses. Uh, I always mention Blue Jack National down in Texas. They have some of the coolest turn shacks and little huts. But you know you you hit a turn shack. What, what are you going to snack on if you get something? Some jerky, some some uh, trail mix? What are you doing there? Yeah, I'm big, big jerky gal over here. Uh, for sure getting some jerky. Um, I try not to, like, get any – not going to get a Snickers bar or anything like that. So probably yeah. go with, with the jerky or, I don't know, some of the places I go, they have, like, fruit cups. That's, like, one of my favorites. But I don't eat a whole lot during my rounds, honestly. Sure, sure. I'm starting to realize all these really good golfers aren't grabbing like hot dogs and and things like that. No. Turn. So that might be that might be something oh, I can change my game and shave a couple of strokes. Maybe that's maybe hot that's what's holding me back. Hot dog at the turn. Oh, I just can't even imagine trying to tee off after that. 
Hey, Matt, as my son calls it, it's a glizzy now, or whatever the heck that is. But he, he calls a hot dog a glizzy. But uh, anyways, um, what about music on the course? You know, uh, we you know we like to have fun. Speakers are always on our carts or on our bags. What's on your playlist? Ooh, well, when I'm out on the course, I just love like happy, feel good music. So I've been listening to this. It's it's like a pre-made um, playlist on Spotify. I'm looking it up right now. It's called, oh shoot, where is it? Feel Good Songs. It's literally called Feel Good Songs. And it's got everything from the Beatles, Stevie Wonder. It's like a lot of throwbacks, but then you'll get like Nirvana and Billy Joel. Like it's just the most popular Smash Mouth, like the most popular songs that are all throwbacks and I don't know why I love that so much, but it just makes me so happy because they're the songs that you wouldn't think to go play, but then it comes on and you're like, Oh, love this song. And you start singing along. Like that's, that's my go-to or some like 2000s hip hop. <laughs> yeah, It's so, it's so strange, but like some of the, some of my friends and you would never think this, they'll throw on like gangster rap out of the blue and yeah like, what in the world is this guy doing here i cannot play to that it makes <laughs> it makes me too anxious and it makes me mad and i'm like then i start getting mad at my golf shots now i need to be in this feel good state of mind i would love to play country during golf but i feel like every station or every playlist it's some of them are just too slow and too sad and it's like it yeah. brings you down i'm like no nah, i need i need the the fun upbeat stuff Yep. Last one. Uh, if uh, someone called you today and said you've got one more day left on earth, you could play one round of golf, one more, you could play one more round of golf. Where are you going to play that round of golf? Oh man, that I, I just made a tweet. I just tweeted yesterday about like, which course would you play? And I put all the most popular courses in the world and honestly, if it was my very last day on earth, I would probably go play crosswater because it's just something that I grew up playing. It's always been one of my favorite courses. And although I've got to play all these other amazing courses and I could pick a course I've never played before, crosswater just has so many good memories and it's home and it's comfortable that if it was my last day, I would choose to go play that course with my dad. That's that's a great answer. Um, I think I mean there's there, there couldn't be anything better than that to to go play one more round of golf with your dad for sure. Yeah, that'd be awesome. What a depressing question. No, no, but no, but you know, but it, 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 I, I, I always find it interesting because that's a great answer. You know, I, I didn't grow up playing golf with with my dad. My my dad's still alive, but we, we didn't grow up playing golf. But I've I've got, gotten to play Pebble Beach one time in. Uh, that that experience was just moving, you know. And yeah, if I if I had if I had one more round of golf, I would love to like take my dad with me and have him in a cart. But I want to play Pebble Beach, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, that sure. would. I have never played Pebble, but I think you know I've always wanted to play. My number one would be St Andrews, and I think that would just be absolutely amazing and. 
just a once in a lifetime opportunity, but nope, I got to go with Crosswater. It's always been there for me, you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> good memories there. Well, Matt, I think uh, it sounds like Haley has not played all these big time courses like we have on, on all these destination trips. I think she's a perfect <laughs> flyer. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's kind of a perfect opportunity, to, especially next time we're heading back out to Oregon, I think in 2023, uh, heading, heading back to Bannon. I've done that one um, twice now, and that, that that's an easy, good start, especially being at home. Um, she doesn't have to go far from Oregon to be able to experience some of the world-class golf. But, yeah, we definitely got some trips. I know we've got some – I think we've done some in, in Arizona and, 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 and all those those places we kind of talked about. So, yeah, it's uh, she seems like a, a, a perfect, perfect friar, likes to have a little bit of fun. Perfect fryer. We'll have to tee up an email and get her connected with Don Bostick, see what they can figure out. But it'd be it'd be great to have you at, at one of our events, uh, maybe play around the golf and and go from there. But but Haley, we really appreciate your generosity with your time taking taking this uh, taking this forty five minutes or so to chat with us, and we we, we really want to say thank you. Well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, well. Uh, we really appreciate it, and thanks to all the listeners. Please uh, follow the Friars Golf Podcast on all of our social channels, uh, and please uh, go take a look at, at Haley's social channels. Jump on her and follow her and and uh, keep up with what she's got going on in the world. Uh, thanks again to everybody for listening. This is the Friars Golf Podcast. Driver off the first, you hit it OB. So it's back to the box, hitting three off the tee. Skull wedge to the front of the green, then three.